Hi, this is David Haas, and you're listening to Australian Survivor Archives. Survivor Archives, the only podcast daring to talk about the entire history of Australian Survivor from Whaler's Way right through to the modern day. Just a friendly reminder before we get into the exciting part of this episode that if you do enjoy the content we put out, mash that subscribe button on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher or wherever good podcasts are downloadable to stay up to date with every single one of our episodes. And while you're on the internet, why not like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and also follow us on Instagram to stay up to date with all the content we have out there for you. And speaking of content... What an episode we have for you today. I'm not even going to get to the introduction because I'm going to leave that to my co-hosts because I, I'm i excited to talk to people about Survivor. I love meeting former contestants. I love talking about this game that we all love, but I don't quite love our guest today as much as my co-host. So I'm going to leave it there <laughs> and simply say that my name is Ben. Hi all, as you know my name's Matt Dyson and wow we have a massive episode today. If you think I've been excited just talking about David Haas for the last few months, you can imagine what sort of frenzy I'm in right now because we have him on the line and we're here to talk all things David Haas. David, let's just get straight into it. David, how are you going? I'm unreal. Thanks very much guys for having me on. Bit nervous to be honest. I am a bit nervous. I was all right till you hit the record button, and then you get into a, a bit of a panic. But I'm all right. Well, I'm a bit nervous too because I'm going to say it right from the start of this podcast. Out of all 123 Australian Survivor contestants, and remember, I am one of those contestants. Yes. You are my favourite contestant. So this is going to be a massive episode. I want to hear all things. Whaler's Way, you're nine days out in the island and everything else before and after and in between, <laughs> it's going to be brilliant. And I know Ben, he's not, Ben's trying to play it a little bit cool here, but I know he's turned into a David Haas oh, fan as well. He's, he's joined the fan club. So don't let him just trick you by making out his, oh, yeah, he's, you know. playing, he's playing hard to get. I can yeah. See. Yeah. <laughs> I just I have to be that way. I'm 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 usually the suck up on this episode, David. But um, you know, I, when we've got Matt here, uh, I kind of have to to calm that love down a little bit. But but you are too kind. I'm very I'm, I'm very chuffed that you say that. But to be honest, it, it, I have to let you know, I didn't really want to talk to you, and it's only because um, I don't usually talk about my experience. And it's taken me a long time. Like, it took me a few years to stop thinking about it, about processing the game and thinking about it, and then I stopped thinking about it. And then to get your email out of the blue um, was very random, but I've, I've, I've warmed up to it now. And I'm actually really impressed with both of you because I've listened to some of your podcasts, 
And I tell you what blows me away. You actually understand everything that's happening out there. You're not actually there, but you have actually um, read between the lines and you've, you've got it 100%. I actually listened to your last, uh, the last one, the episode three one, the last one I listened to. Um, you had it 100%. You don't need to interview me. Oh, well, thanks for joining us, David. It's, it's been a pleasure. Um, <laughs> we'll let you go then. <laughs> well, David, we have a lot. We have a lot of questions to ask. But it's funny you say that because I I do understand as as a contestant and and David, I applied for your season. As everyone knows, I've I've said it a million times. I'm not going to go on about that again. But you're too young but, to have applied for that one. No, I, I was 18. <laughs> I was just 18. I was younger oh, than okay. Jane. No, I, I applied. Wow. I was, I yeah, I applied. Yeah. So I've been on the same tribe. Had it, uh, had I got on. Unfortunately, it took me another eighteen years to to get on a survivor. You got there. So I, I do understand because I know myself. You talk about once you once you, I guess you you either don't win or you get out early. You know, it does take a while to want to talk about it or or want to even sort of think about Survivor. You sort of you go in with such high hopes, mm. and then I guess. You know, in a way, your dreams get crushed, and then and then you've you've got to move on with life. So, is is that what it like was like for you? Because I'm well, I'm guessing this is the first time you've ever publicly spoken about your time on Survivor. Yeah, hundred percent. And what happens is it's not just the game; it's people don't realise there's a big lead up to this, massive lead up, and and you're going from your day to day existence to this, which is surreal, and you're pumped up for months, and then to just be cut off from it like that it's um it's hard really hard but um i i the other episodes you were talking about the, the the to give you an example of how pumped up this is you don't tell your family and friends okay so your immediate family knows but um you you keep it a secret and you're, you're busting inside and we had the lays promotion and i was away on a surf trip with all my mates and we're all there, we're, and you know what a surf trip's like or when you're away with your mates, and they pull my head out of a chip packet. <laughs> and you can imagine the, the the euphoria. It was just unbelievable, the excitement. They're going, what the hell is this? I've pulled my mate out of a chip packet. <laughs> unbelievable. And so you have this massive high, massive high, and then it can change like that. Oh, absolutely, and, and I totally understand it's that it's that adrenaline dump you know when you when you find out you're on and, and and you know you've gone to the hard work you put a video in you've gone through the application process and then you you get that phone call to say you know hey you're going to be on the next season of survivor then all the lead up to it the the promotional stuff yeah and then of course you get out there and and, and you don't win absolutely it's that it's that whole what went wrong you start second guessing yourself but yeah so you said you didn't want to talk about it for many years. Is it good now? Obviously, you've sort of we, we've had a lot of back and forth conversation. This has been going on for probably about four or five months now, hasn't it, David? Like we've we've been a lot mm. of contact. Mm. Um, is it good now to be able to sit here now and just start talking about it again and and maybe talk about things that you haven't spoken about for so long? I, I think I I'm hoping it is, and I I think it's easier for me now. It's only it's actually just today I've sort of sort of got comfortable with it. And I've started to get into it. But I tell you what makes it easier is seeing the enthusiasm that you guys have for it. Because when I see that, it makes me enthusiastic. When I see you wearing the buffs, <laughs> I say, hang on. So just to see other people enthusiastic, because you think it's over now. You think it's forgotten about. 
Well, it's also, I think, seeing the fact that Matt's got no hair, because I think I might be on the line with the only that two helps. bald Australian survivors <laughs> ever to play. Is that is that right? Yeah, it could be. I think we are, David. I think yeah, uh, we're you're getting... left good-looking. Well, that too. That was my next point. <laughs> well, well, do you count Russell Hans? Was he bald when he when he? He had hair when he played. Right. He didn't have the good-looking part. Yeah, <laughs> you know he's American, so. But, and can I just say I would wear a Kadena buff, but I don't have one. I've only got a Tabara buff. Unfortunately, <laughs> it's the only one I can wear. So, if you know anyone that's got a Kadena buff, let me know. I'll, I'll let you know. Now, David, let, let's let's take you back even further than the eighteen years, sort of the the nineteen years, to when initially you you applied. What drew you into applying to go on Australian Survivor? Well, I was actually a Survivor fan. So I had the, you know, the Richard Hatch tapes. And back then you had to order them from the States through Amazon. I think there was Amazon at the time. You had to get them um, from the States and on tape. And I, I was a fan of Survivor. And um, I remember seeing the the um, the application come on the TV. And, and back then you had VHS tapes and you had to record. I, I borrowed a mate's video camera and... I was just lying in bed one night thinking about, well, what approach am I going to take for this? And and I had my aha moment, and I sort of took the approach that you know everyone tries to impress the judges, and I didn't want to do that. I, I wanted to tell them what a lousy job they were doing, <laughs> and I and I'm here to make it right. And so I, it worked. I think it worked. So yes, yeah, so I was a big fan to begin with, but I have to say after it. I haven't been watching the survivors. It made it very hard, very hard to watch the survivors. I never got back into it. It's not because um, it, it's just it was disappointing. I'll explain that to you guys when we talk about it. But just just the experience in some ways. But I, I really enjoyed the show, and I and, you know a lot of the characters and. Um, yeah, but people often ask, they're like, you know, what ideas should you put in for a for a tape if you know you obviously you've only got three or four minutes to to try to get noticed in a tape and mm. i I'm, I'm still a strong believer there's no set rule like no. I, I people get in by just sitting on a couch talking to themselves and of course mm. you got on your your famous tape you i believe at the end of it you sort of got up and you had like your underpants sort of wedged <laughs> in your in your yeah. bum and then you walked off That's tell us a I bit roll. about that <laughs> Well, that that was a new that was a, sort of like a wedgie moonwalk, which I thought <laughs> you do. But I, I tried to sort of give give them something for you know they took the time out to to watch it through to the end, give them like a little an Easter egg. At the so end we know we know just from talking to other people, we know the process is you know you would have received a letter to say hey you're you know you've made it through to the next stage. So during that process, then, at what stage did you sort of think, hang on a sec, like I'm, I'm a genuine chance of getting on this show. Like did you know straight away that, hey, like they like my personality? I think, I think what it was was just not tailoring everything you're saying to please everyone. Just say what you think. Be yourself. And I think that's I went in trying to be myself. And I went in as well uh, in a way um, being a bit – dominant telling them what they're doing wrong telling them that they need me and and being like instead of trying to please them if you're trying to please them forget about it so that's that's what i did i think that worked which i think the interesting thing too on that is because i know in talking to matt uh on this show and 
off this show and he sort of we've had conversations about the application process and things like that he's given me some tips and sort of told me about how he went into his application process mm. ultimately led to him getting on the show and it sounds very mm. similar to what Matt has told me that it's kind of going mm. there with a with a character or sort of a, a way that you're going to tell them this is what I'm going to do and just be very focused on your your notion of what you want to sell to them and don't vie away from that. Yeah, well, if you're timid or wishy-washy, you're not going to make good TV. I was a bit surprised with our group, to be honest, because I just felt we didn't have strong characters and there weren't enough strong personalities. And that really, um, well, that surprised me. And I was actually worried about our show. I was I was on the producer side and I was... I, I, I'll tell you now, but I, I actually stopped and talked to the group and I said, um, I do vividly recall saying, I'm worried we're not going to have a show because the way we are, when we don't have a show. We've got to play the game. We've got to play Survivor. I'm not here for camping. I didn't sign up to camp. I came to play Survivor and I felt like my Survivor moment was getting flushed down the toilet. And I just honestly felt, we're not going to have a show. I'm going to have people at home who know me and who will say, where were you? What happened? And I didn't want that to happen. So I was working in a way for the producer. Which we're going to talk a lot about that when it came comes to the way you play the game and everything along those lines. But at, at what point of the game was that, that you actually pulled them aside and said, guys, I'm a bit worried about this? Day one. Wow. <laughs> wow. Day- because <laughs> I, I listened to your thing about oh you know um, on the pod on uh, about season th- about um, episode three and how you know I knew what was going on day one day because I could just I was getting told we're different we're Australian we don't have to play the game this way and I'm thinking stop stop you're killing the show you're killing it they well, wanted to if Lucinda hadn't um, voted herself out it was going to be a discussion we were all going to discuss and work out i said how the hell hell is that going to work but that's how it was it was this this and i thought well how did we get to this point but i'll tell you i turned up and it was like i didn't get the memo Hmm. it was i thought you know what i thought I've got a group of kids here, and I'm not using that in a bit. I'm not trying to be derogatory. I'm saying I've got a group of kids here. I thought they all knew each other, as in they came, they were in the same class at school, and they're all here today. And I thought, what's going on? These guys all know each other. And it was like, no, no, we, we, we don't have to play that. And we don't. Look at the first. Um, now, I haven't watched the show since I watched it originally back in 2002. So. You guys will know more about it than I will, as in. But if I if I think back, I recall uh, uh, Shona uh, from the, uh, from the other tribe. They were talking about the game. There was no way you watch out. We can't even talk about the game. Absolutely, and that's the thing I was going to say. Is this? Here you are on day one, already worried about your tribe, and you said like you're worried about the show in general. Like no one else seemed to be doing anything. That certainly wasn't the case over in Tapara, and I know you wouldn't have known that, but there definitely seemed to be 
massive game players on Tapara where you, you're now just stuck with these, you know, it, it appeared to be, yes, yeah, seven other people at... Well, you mentioned it yourself. You said if Lucinda wasn't going to vote herself out, did you say there was going to be a discussion, like a group discussion well, idea, about who was actually... The idea was that we spoke about it. We discussed wow. together as a group who's going next. And I thought, well, that can't work for a start. But then we were fortunate enough that Lucinda put her hand up. But I, I was listening how um, um, Jeannie, uh, Tim's wife, said that that worked against him because she did present like us older folk can't can't deal with this and I've you know you get lumped into that basket so that um that didn't that didn't help the one thing that was interesting when we spoke to Lucinda is that she alluded to a lot of scheming going on amongst Kadena members that we didn't necessarily get to see on the screen which sort of led a little bit towards her decision in helping the ultimate tribe out. Did you see much of that going on? And if so, who were the ones who were there, scheming? There, look, what there was straight away, the, 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 the dynamic was Craig was at the top. Okay. Now, I have to say, he was at the top. He's a good-looking rooster. <laughs> all right. And the, girl, the girls loved him. I tell you what, you know what's worse? We were watching it at home, and for me, Craig was my nemesis because he he voted against me, and I I, I didn't know that for sure, but I, I knew, and and you know he's my nemesis, and my wife's slipping off the chair about Craig. I was saying, <laughs> you 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 can't do that. You, you're on my side. So even at home, your own she, wife she was probably happy that you said not Craig. Oh, I think. So, so, so he was at the top. And then he had his harem of girls. They loved him. They loved him. You know, Naomi and then the other girls, and that was it. And you had Sylvan that didn't know where he was. And then you had and Tim, lovely bloke, and I got on very well with Tim. And that was the catalyst for, you know, when Tim was voted out, then that, that I said, I'm gone. Forget about it. Forget it because the girls loved him. And... You know, so what were my options? We, we talk about – Deb uh, called the last five in Kadena the, the famous five. They're all in their 20s. Yeah. Yep. You were only 34 when you played, so there's there's not much age difference, but did it feel no. did it feel the bigger age it, difference to what it really it was? It did. It's funny because you look back now, and I'm much older now, and you look back and go, man, I'd love to be 34 again. That's young. But you did feel it because they were so tight, and they were talking about things that – that was enough age difference. They were talking, you know, Spice Girls and all the rest. And I'm thinking, I, I, this is hard. This is hard work. You fancy your chances. You fan, you think you are very social and you can and relate to people, and you do. But when you've got a click like that, but it was immediate. That's why I thought they knew each other. They knew each other from outside the game, but they didn't. It was just they just gravitated to each other, and it was this understanding. They were all on the same page. We don't have to play that way. We don't have to play the game. We're above all of that. We're different. And I'm here going, I want to play my – this is – I've got the tapes at home. I've got, I'm looking at Richard Hatch going, yeah, he's my hero, and I don't get to play. It's amazing listening to everything you're just saying now because I can – it's actually it makes – it's a breath of fresh air because it, it, I can completely relate to it. And I've told Ben this on, on previous other podcasts. In my season – I had, there was four big blokes in my season, and and 
I've said numerous times, even on day one, it was almost like they all trained at the same gym together. That's how much they clicked on day one. It was like, it, it was unbelievable. It was like looking at four blokes and like, hey, that producers have just gone and got four blokes around yeah, the same gym. The said, yeah, and, and, yeah, and here I am, like, and I, and they're like, it's a game to say, well, can it, can this guy go and break the the group, you know? So mm. to hear you say it, mate, I can totally relate to everything mm. you're saying, and it does. It's it puts you, and unless you're in that position in this game, I don't think anyone can truly understand because you know in your your gut, you know you're like, I'm in trouble here. What am I going to do? And yeah. and it's. It, when you're at the bottom and you're in a situation like that, it's it's a long way to yeah, get back. You're, you're either winning individual immunities or finding idols, or but all of that didn't wasn't around. No, and, and you need luck. You need time, and you unfortunately, you too, Kadena went to three straight no. immunity challenges. If we had time, right. if we had time, if we if it went both sides, if we had time over time, maybe something could have happened. Maybe Sylvan might have come around, or maybe. But uh, you need time, and people don't realise how little time you have out there. Because don't forget, it's a production, and you have to make your way between challenges. And and when you go to bed at night, you don't turn off a light and hop into bed. You prepare. You have because the, once it's dark, it's over, finished. So you have to go well in advance of it being dark, and and so you get less time and get very little time to do anything. And you can't. And my gripe was with the. The personalities, when I say big personalities, you know, when you get older, or as you get older, you, um, um, you know, you eat shit sandwiches. And so then you start to, you're prepared to go and, and, and do something for yourself. And I, these guys were just content with, no, no, we're not like that. We don't want to do that. Deb, oh, it's all right. Sylvan, whether he gets in or out, it's okay. And once you're a bit older and you've lived life, you start to think, no, hang on, I'm going to fight for this. And I didn't have anyone around me that was like that. Were there any of them that you think, had you been around longer, you could have worked on to be more on your page? Uh, well, Tim, definitely. I think Tim was prepared, but he felt, I'm sure he felt the same way. I'm sure he felt, oh, I'm not going to rustle any feathers. And my, um, um, definitely Tim. Oh, look, I, 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 the chess set, all right, I, my luxury item was a chess set. And I said, this is my strategy, a chess set. I know that the time is of the essence. You don't get much time. So if I can get someone to sit with me to play chess, I might be able to um, strike up a conversation and that would help me. So strategically, that's my, um, that's my uh, luxury item. No one knew how to play chess. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> so They're straight off the bat. Yeah, it's, oh, dang it. I should have got checkers. I can play checkers. Spice Girls trivia, maybe. <laughs> yeah. oh. So That's crazy. That's so the best laid plans. That's so crazy to think that because, I mean, look, I've I've not played a lot of chess, but I think I know the basics mm. that I could sit down with you and yeah. go, okay, I know the basics, teach me a little bit more, yeah. but I would learn Let's pretty go. quickly. Because it's, it's a universal yeah, yeah. game, right? That's it. That's it. So it's... Doesn't always work out the way. So Tim definitely, I think Sylvan didn't want to rock any boats, and that was the thing. No one wanted to rock the boat. If if I spoke about the game, spoke about the game, I was gone. If I tried to f- form an alliance, gone. Forget about it. You're gone. It was just that type of environment. So I thought I can't play the game. So what was my option? My option was okay. Don't strike up an alliance. Don't discuss it. 
hang around, see how long you can hang around for. And then I thought, well, you know, if I do that and then get voted out, people say, who the hell was that out there? And I didn't want that to happen. Which, at what point was it decided from the other tribe members that we're not going to talk? Was that actually a conversation when they said we're not going to form alliances? It was um, day one, and I recall because you have to go and and find your camp and, you know, I start talking about, you know, oh, we can triangulate our position like this and, and, and they're looking at me like, oh, you think you're a smart ass? I was like, no, 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 we can, and it's, you know. So anyway, day one, it's we don't have to play the game the way the Americans do, and you get it, and the the, con- the general conversations like that. And you can't, the best time to speak up is immediately because if you let it go on too long like that, it's very hard to, to come back from that. And it just went on too long. And, and you saw Tim. Tim's a lovely bloke, too nice. He won't have the solo. We won't. Everyone pulls back. Well, Craig doesn't want the solo. We won't have the solo. Everyone, no one's. Everyone's on eggshells. No one wants to rock the boat. Sylvan. So what are you going to do? Very hard. Very hard. You just mentioned about you. You didn't want to go out. Like if you're going to go out, you at least wanted to to speak up so you weren't forgotten. And and, and that's something I I absolutely love because it, it shows you you're still playing the game and. Because we see it now. I, I don't know if you watch any current seasons, but just in the last season of Survivor we had, you know, there was about four characters on there. We we basically saw nothing of, and then they just got voted out, and we just we don't even know anything about them. However, for you, you only lasted three tribal councils. You know, or, or on the third tribal council, you're gone. So day nine. But I mean, that third episode that was that was the David Haas show. I mean, you had so many great confessionals. The camera just kept going to you in the editing. I mean, they they edited that whole episode around you. And you look back one episode later, and unfortunately, Tim went in that episode, but we really didn't get to see a lot of Tim. It's the occasional Mm. confessional. But for you, I mean, you were a massive, massive character and and obviously one producer's life. But were you aware of that at the time, thinking, hey, well, if I'm going to go, you know, I'm going to go down with with a bit of fight? I I just – look, either – if, if I present to them that this is what I think, I th- how I think you should play, then they'll tell me to get stuff. So I, I said, I took it from a different angle and I said, listen, you won't have a show. You won't have a show. If you don't play the game, you won't have a show. I just took it from that angle rather than from what, my position. And I did want to just be myself at the end of it. I said, look, I can't – if I try to not be myself, um, I may get a little bit further in the game, but then I'm not myself. And then I'll probably um, rue not being myself later. I said, okay, if I go out, I go out, I crash and burn, but at least be yourself. Be true to yourself. And those characters that you spoke about, yeah, they probably have – they got chosen because of their personalities – and they've probably suppressed their personalities to try to get further in the game because you don't want to get anyone offside. And meanwhile, you are a pawn to help somebody else get further in the game, and then you get kicked out and you get upset that, hey, I should have just been myself. And it, and it must have then and been... And it's, it's funny, but it's funny. At the time, sitting on a rock out there, 
this was the thought process. Mm. You know, it's not, I'm, I'm not reflecting now on it. I'm saying when I was out there, I said, all right, what are your options? And I said, listen, this is the way it's going to go. You're going to help Craig get, I knew Craig would get through to them because if you look at, you know, I told Deb before I got voted out, I said to Deb, you know, it's me and then it's you. And I told her how it's going to be and that's how it went because I just knew, you know, so... It must have been frustrating then, I think you alluded to it before, that when you eventually see the show airing and you can see what's going over, happening over on Tapara, that here you have Katie, Rob, Shona forming alliances, mm. making strategic moves. You're going, ah, oh, why was it I on Tapara? <laughs> now, we had, we each had big sports bags. They give you your, your clothes in your, in your bag and they put your name on the bags. And there was no name on my bag. And I said, how come there's no name on my bag? Oh, we because you and Lance, we were right at the end and we didn't know which tribe we were going to put Lance and you in and we ended up and I, I was spewing. I thought, oh, man, because they wanted to play. They played. I'm not saying I could have got first voted out maybe. Who knows? But they wanted to play. Lance and I would have been so play much Survivor. better on Kadena. He would have fit in very well. He didn't know oh, there was alliances. There were none, weren't there? <laughs> <laughs> you, you needed to be you needed to be on Tapara. It oh my god, that that would have been brilliant. Because we kept talk, we kept talking about how good you would have been with Katie, how you and Katie I think would have worked so well together. It just, I just wanted to be with people who were more assertive, who wanted to play. I'm not saying I would have done better. I may have lost my mind. You know, I might be in a mental institution now, but at least play. And I got, that's the thing. Look, the reason why I hadn't wanted to talk about it, it's just, it's not resentment or it's not being bitter. It's just disappointment. That's all it is. And it's, you're just disappointed. Well, talking about disappointed, it, 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 uh, goes into my next question, which was you got sick, and you got fairly sick. You're the first Australian mm. Survivor player to get sick to the point you had to sit out <laughs> of a challenge, which, of course, was a challenge that went wrong and you sort of got to be involved in the next makeup challenge. But <laughs> tell us about how sick were you and did it affect your game as far as... Obviously, if, if you're sick, you're not able to be sitting there talking to Craig and Deb and Karen. Like, correct, you know, yeah, you're going to be correct. probably curled up in a ball. And and in and in those first couple of days, that's a critical time when you really get to bond with people. Did, yeah. How sick were you, and and did it affect your game? Um, I, I was very look. I, I was really. I tell you when I got. Oh, excuse me. I tell you when I got really, really sick. Well, put it before that. I I had. When you know you're going to go on, you read your SAS survival handbooks and I've digested everything and I didn't do any of it, you know, which is unreal. But I, I don't drink at the best of times and I got severely dehydrated, really dehydrated. And I I actually hit the wall, would you believe? Now, you tell me, I hit the wall. One of the contestants in my group gave me two Panadol. Now, where do you pull out? Two Panadol in the bush on Survivor. What, what day Sylvan. was that one? It was Sylvan. Of course it was. He goes, here. He's here. off on his fantasy goes, trip. Here. Where else would have drugs? Yeah. <laughs> now, I I don't know whether they were Panadol, Rohypnol. I, I don't know what, what he was Ecstasy, feeding. pingers. Yes, that's it. Rupalum. <laughs> and that, that was, that's when I, I went really, I went 
really so, so, bad. So after hang that. on, David. David, but I have put- to interrupt you here. Basically, Sylvan roofied you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, so let's just get this straight. What this? Was this day one? Did he just come up to you and say, "Here, no, 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 no"? This was this was when I was crook. He said, "Here, take these," because he knew I was crook. And I'm thinking, where does a guy pull? pull these tablets from and we're out in the bush on survival you're not meant to have this stuff he's got a buyer out there a whaler's way like hey 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 you want to buy some pills then obviously in his fantasy world he's a doctor or something (laughs) this fantasy world just got even better i'm sorry that you got sick david but i mean come on we've just (laughs) i've taken medical advice from sylvan and that was the end of me they they put me in a they um, put a drip into me, and as soon as I had the drip, it was unreal. I can still feel it today, just the feeling from the top, from the tip of my head all the way, Just I just felt just this relief and just this sensation all the way through. It was just unreal, and it was a l- fantastic. All, all jokes aside, because this is maybe the greatest story I've ever heard since we've started covering Australian Survivor, <laughs> but do you then have to bring that up to the producers like hey guys this guy's got some pills and i feel shit <laughs> this is no no this is the first time i've mentioned oh um, mentioned mentioned this so but it's not until i reflect on it and think hang on you know that was when i was crook when sylvan gave me those what i suspected were panadols and i'm thinking <laughs> what the hell's he doing out there with panadols <laughs> now, now we know you've had a bit of a wild sort of period when you were younger, but do you normally just take take pills no, that random guys no. pull out of their pocket? No, but I wasn't. Well, I was really, really bad. I, I didn't know I was dehydrated. I didn't know yeah. it was just because I hadn't drunk from the beginning. Like I before um, going out, yeah, you know, before we got there, I was partying a little bit hard, and and I just. On the when we were there, I was just switched on, and I said, "Right, doing everything I need." I was in survivor mode, and I wasn't drinking, and I should have been drinking and looking after myself, and I didn't. One of the uh, the biggest mysteries that we have on this show is where the hell is Ben Dark? The second one now, Matt, is going to be uh, what mm. the pills were that Sylvan gave David. Um, <laughs> just just on that, you mentioned about sort of parting a little bit too hard. We have heard some whispers that maybe in the lead up to the game, you may have had a bit of a big night out before you went out there to Whaler's Way. Is there some truth to that? Yes, there's that, and there's also I, I, I didn't I didn't eat, and I didn't eat beforehand. I didn't. I, I should have at least hit the mini bar, but I didn't. I didn't have anything, and and then when you're there, you get caught up in it, and I should have I should have looked at that aspect. And it's funny, you know, you've got. Um, I remember Colby from season one got interviewed, and he said, "You got to keep up your water intake," and and that's something I should have I should have done. But I got really crook from that, and to be honest, missing out that that challenge, it was horrific. It was absolutely horrific. Those conditions, you can't. It it is so cold there, and it was so cold and windy, and that, that night, and it was really late in the day it was in the evening and it was just so cold and windy and miserable and it's been a long day and i thought thank god i'm sitting this out because it was just horrific and i'd, I'd say like i give craig he's but he did really well on that challenge he surprised me 
We're going to get to the challenge just in a second, but I'm just going to take you slightly back because I know our listeners want to hear the actual story. Now, so the night before you started the game, you, you did have a few a few beers. Is that correct? Yes. Did, were, were you allowed to go out or was it in the hotel room? Or I, I was so excited to, um, to be there and I was excited and you, you're not allowed out and I was excited to be in... Um, Adelaide. I've never been to Adelaide before, and um, yes, I went out, and that 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 was good. But um, I shouldn't have done that. Had a few too many West Ends or whatever they drink there in Adelaide. Yeah, and and I'm not a drinker. I'm I'm not a drinker. So did they know you went out, or did you sneak out? No, no, no. Was it with Sylvan? Is that where he bought his drugs? No, no, Sylvan. So was there any other? I wandered out. Was no, there any other involved. Survivor contestants? No. No, no. no I, I'm the sole, sole Survivor. <laughs> that is brilliant. So what? So you come sort of come back in the early hours of the morning or, or late at night, and then and then you've got to get up early for the for day one. Late at night, get up early. I should have been looking after myself. I should have been um, um, eating at least. Um, it was just it was a, a really exciting time. And yeah, yeah. How long were you in lockdown before the game actually started? Well, they flew us in um, to the hotel on the, I think on the day, it's hard because um, it's a long time ago. I think on the day we were in the hotel for the night and then the next day we had to um, get on a little bus, little um, little aeroplane, you know, one of these little small aeroplanes um, to where we're going. And you don't know where you're going. Like, I didn't know. I thought, you know, Fiji, let's go. I was excited. And no. So, so, so it was only when you landed that you knew that, uh, well, did you even know you were in Whalers' no, Way? we didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't know where the hell I was. My problem is, okay, I don't drink. Okay, I can't stand the cold. I'm no good in the cold. And so that, that, that was all right because you're there and you think, oh, okay, well, this is, okay, we're down here wherever we are because we take we had a charter plane from Adelaide. You sort of mind sort of, you know, we're on the coast somewhere and the, the, it's still warm there, fantastic, you know, 30 degrees or whatever it is, fantastic. But then it turns, straight away it turns and it's totally miserable and cold and the water is ice water. So it's uh, very hard. So in that charter plane, that would have been the first time you probably got a, a full look of exactly all you know, 16 mm. of the whole cast. Was there, I'm assuming at that stage you didn't quite know who was going to be in your tribe or not, but can you remember like looking around? Oh, yes, 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 yes. It's funny because it was in the bus to the charter plane. So I'm sussing, and you do that. You look at everyone because for a start you want to see what type of people, um, how you fit in with everyone else. You know, you want to see what type of people did they choose? And you go, oh, yeah, and you see them. And, and I remember seeing Lance. And Lance had his, um, he had like the religious T-shirt. He's, he's religious. He might have had the little fish or the Jesus loves you or something. And I thought, oh, yeah, I'm on to you. <laughs> I know, I know, this is, you know, this is strategic. You know, I know what you're doing here, mate. <laughs> <laughs> so you do, you do size everyone up. Including Katie, I believe you told us a little bit off air and, about well, Katie, uh, yeah, Katie. because she, 
yeah, she had the she. You could tell she had that attitude, bit of spunk about her, and the attitude. And so I thought, oh yeah, she. I can see why she's here. It's funny how you can tell just like that. Everyone else, but for, but for I do remember Lance. That sticks in my mind because I did sum him up as, oh, he's he's pretending he's a god botherer to uh, to get um to maybe hey, he's got an agenda. You got to watch this one. And he so did it. <laughs> no. <laughs> now, we're, we're talking about first impressions. In your three episodes, you often it comes across that that Karen kind of rubs you the wrong way. Um, even in the first vote, when Lucinda's wanting to vote for herself, like it's almost like you're thinking, yeah, but I, I still wouldn't mind getting Karen out or putting a vote on. Oh, what was it about Karen that rubbed you the wrong way? Yeah. And did you actually talk to anyone about getting Karen out? No, you see, um, I I didn't mind everyone. I'm I'm okay with everyone, and I never I can't hold a grudge, or I'm not like that. I can't I can't do that. I'm sort of over it before it begins, sort of thing. But with Karen, the only reason I wanted her out um, is because she never did anything. Out of everyone, for me, she was the least useful person there. She absolutely, and this is for the third, the third one. I thought for sure she's gone. I I didn't even discuss it with Tim. You see, because if we, if we had discussed, I would have said, Tim, who are you voting? Da, da. And I felt I could do that with Tim, no problem. But I said, I'm going to put that aside because Tim's fine. We're all voting Karen, for sure. We have to be. She actually literally sits there for three days. She just sits there by the campfire. She actually doesn't contribute, doesn't do anything. So how, why would you keep – I thought it was just a done deal. And it's not because I had anything against her. She's a lovely girl, but come on. We had fun with uh, what we like to call the uh, random David Haas confessional of the week because I think it was in that episode <laughs> where all of a sudden, just out of nowhere, it cuts to you and you're like, my vote is going to be for Karen. And it just, it just in the context of editing, it didn't make sense. And then I think a week later we had the whole, oh, I hate the creepy crawlies. And then it just, again, it didn't fit in <laughs> with the context of the episode. Not your fault. It was the editors, but it was just great, great TV. <laughs> yeah, it's... It's interesting the way they did it. You know, everyone on all of these reality shows, if you come out looking bad, they'll say it was the editing, all right? So they um, – but really, when you look at it, it, you say the things you say. You know, they might try to manufacture a storyline, and, and they do, but I, I think for the most part it's pretty spot on. And I – I, I'm I'm not sure whether I said anything on why Karen, but but that was the reason because she didn't contribute and and th- maybe the editing was a bit random because everyone else didn't want to play and when you're playing the game you don't know what anyone else is saying and so in a way you're thinking well if I say anything too um, too contentious to the camera um, and no one else does. I'm going to come across as an asshole, and so I think they're all conscious of that. And maybe this is my theory. I don't know because you don't know what happens. Um, but I suspect that's they were thinking that way, and so therefore they weren't giving anything to the producers, to the cameraman, and so they they have to use random bug talk by me. So you you made it clear. 
in your confessionals that you certainly weren't there because you love camping. You, you, your famous right. lines about you hate the creepy crawlers. You basically hated all that sort of stuff. We know everyone goes on the reality TV shows, especially these days, for different reasons. Some use it to up, well, these days, a lot to update, uh, grow their social media mm. followings. You know, especially back then, there was that chance that you might become a little bit famous and get on mm. TV shows or whatever. What was your reason? Were you there for the mm. for the for the five hundred thousand dollars in the title, or were you there to try to get your name out there? Oh, for a start, I was a fan of the show. So because I had the, I'd watched the show and I enjoyed the show, so I was a fan of it. So if you're a fan of it, you do it even for no money. So yeah. th- so that was all right. But the next next, so I, I would have done it anyway. Uh, but the big incentive as well, obviously, the money I was just purchased my my house with my wife and um so the the money would have come in handy but but mostly it was because i was a fan of the show i enjoyed i wanted to play i wanted to play and that's why i think at the end i I said damn the consequences because it wasn't so important to me it was more i want to play and that's why i went out the way i did i didn't want to fizz out and i really I surprised myself because I didn't really care about the money so much. Was there much discussion from the producers? Because I know during season two of the US version, they were often uh, told not to talk about the first season because they were like, we want to make this our own version, a second season, we don't need to reference the first one. Were you told, don't reference the US version, this is our own game? No. No, and it's funny, but... The the discussions were in reference to the US, like amongst ourselves, the US season. They were obviously aware of the show. Um, I don't think Lucinda as much, or even Tim for that matter, but I, I think um, they were aware of the show and they, they just didn't want to be that way. They didn't want to come across as like that. And then I thought, well, that's the game. That's that's the game. And I, I really liked the game. And I, I wanted to play and I didn't want to... At the end, the money was not important to me we saw after tim's vote the fire after you guys got back from tribal council you'd had that vote against you you're obviously a little bit concerned we had the little uh moment there with (laughs) sylvan who's basically saying oh you're making me feel like shit by going off at me Uh, i mean what was what was that moment like when you came back from camp because it obviously is a bit of a frustrating moment to have a vote against you and then all of a sudden Mm. having someone like sylvan the the drug dealer of whaler's way basically turning it into Mm. uh to about him well, I, no, no, it wasn't about Sylvan because I suspected Craig had voted for me and, and, and I was right. But I, um, I actually, if you, I blew up Deluxe, absolutely Deluxe, and knowing this is it, this is going to be the end of me, but I'm going to do this. And um, so it was conscious. It wasn't because I lost control. But I blew up Deluxe and I, um, I, I, did it and vented uh, well first for a start they edited a lot of it out it was very succinct in the show but it was massive and i was surprised I thought, okay well don't look so mental which is great and then i but i if you look i I'm, don't forget i'm sort of casting my memory back to 19 years ago but i did direct my spray at Silv- uh, at um craig and when I asked the question about who voted, I'm looking at him. So to make him squirm. And he wasn't looking at me. Like, he wasn't looking at me because I knew, I knew you voted me. And I, because from day one, I suspected, you know, he, he's at the top and he felt 
you know, Sylvan and Tim. Tim's a lovely bloke, um, really nice guy. But there was me, and I think he needed to 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 get. I was a threat to him. I'm not saying I'm better than him or anything. I'm just saying I was that threat, and he felt threatened by me. And I knew that, and that's why I knew he voted for me, and that's why I directed that spray at him, and that's why afterwards he came and said oh, it was me. He had to, and no option because he knew I knew, and so for him to save face, he would have to own up and be the good guy. Well, well it's, inter- yeah. it's interesting you say that it was sort of edited out because, yeah, the edit basically sees you kind of kind of calmly talking about it and then that's when Sylvan sort of chimes in and says, like, you're making us feel no. like shit. Whereas, like, I, yeah, I'm well, I did. fascinated I to did. learn that. <laughs> so, what, what, like, how extensive was that blow-up? Oh, pretty big because, because uh, well, look, you got rid of Tim and Tim... Um, and and I listened to uh, the Jeannie, uh, Jenny interview, uh, his wife, and that was a very good interview. And she she did describe Tim the way Tim was. That's how I found him. He was such a nice guy, such a gentleman, and, you know, a man's man, but really such a, a, a nice guy. And I got on really well with him. Uh, and um, But he was also, um, he wouldn't be the type of guy to to play the game like that. He'd be honest with you. He'd be open. So in a way, he's not well suited to the game because, you know, he'll get people all, you, know, you could tell him anything and he's, he's such a lovely bloke that, he, you know, he'd believe you. So after that blow up, you must have been concerned in it that you had to win the next immunity challenge. Otherwise, you were going home. Oh, look, I knew I'm gone. If I blow up like this, I'm gone. But that's when I said, look, stuff this because you, you voted Tim out. Now, we've got Karen, and I'm not saying anything bad about Karen, I'm just saying this is what how the game was. You've got Karen that's not contributing at all. I felt Tim could have contributed and did contribute. And so Karen had to be next. And that's why I voted Karen. I just assumed everyone would be voting Karen. Uh, I, I suspected um, Craig would cast a vote for me, um, and I was right. But I didn't see Tim getting voted out. And then I just blew up. I said... You guys, we're losing every challenge. We need people here that are capable. You're keeping less capable people here. For what? To what end? So that Craig can get to the merge on his own? What's the point of that? You know, there was no thought behind anything. I just felt like there was no strategizing. There's no thought. There's, listen, we're in trouble here. There was none of that. So who was Karen tight with then? So obviously, was she tight with, with Deborah and Naomi? What was keeping her there? Um, from what I saw, Deb, Deb, uh, Naomi and, uh, and um, um, Craig were, were an item. And then you had um, Deb and Karen, and they, because the three girls were together, so they stuck together. So that was the little power dynamic, and you had, you had Sylvan. But Sylvan was sort of like just making up the numbers, really. Fantasy world, drugs. Yeah, yeah. But he's a lovely bloke too. But they're also they're all lovely people. I'm like, don't get me wrong. I just feel like we all didn't play. Which the thing that we talked a lot about in your boot episode 
was we really talked up your confessionals and your strategy where you were saying, look, I'm vulnerable. I need to make other people feel vulnerable. So that's going to put a bit of fear into them to kind of, you know, maybe start something going on there. And again, this is 2002 Survivor. This, even in the US version, hadn't really been something that we had seen. Where mm. did, did that idea come to you straight away when you're like, shit, I'm vulnerable. This is the only way I can potentially survive. Well, I, I knew you had to... I would have to get them feeling, but it's, it was apathy. It was, um, Deb felt, well, you know, I could do that. I could rock the boat or I could just stay with these guys, do what we're doing and maybe we win a challenge and maybe we can keep going for one more one more episode or there was, no, you got to help yourself and no one wanted to do that. And that's why I was saying, don't you want to do that? I said to her, "Don't you want to? Don't you want to take your destiny into your hands?" No one did, and it is really frustrating because if people want to play, it's it's different. It's different. Can you imagine playing a game of football and no one wants to play? It'd be I'm a cult supporter. They never play very uh, well anyway. They never try. But no. I used to say to yeah, the, my, I used to coach a team, and they say, "Yeah, oh, no, 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 you're wrong. It's about having fun," and I would say, "It's not." <laughs> Because if you don't try, no one's going to have fun. And that's what you I have, say to them. You, you have fun by winning. <laughs> I said, you, you, tr- you got to try. Yeah. I said, if you try your hardest, you'll have fun. But if no one tries, no one's going to have fun. And no one had fun. Did you think... Oh, I didn't. Did you think we had fun watching you? Well, Matt did more than I do, but I still <laughs> did. Don't worry. But um, <laughs> did, did you feel you had made some some ground with... Deb, Karen, closer to that tribal? Not really. Not really. You sort of know. You know. Uh, I always look at what's the path of least resistance. For her, it's just to hold the line. Um, you know, for I said to Deb, because I had to have Karen as well, and I thought, well, if I can get to Deb, then she might bring Karen across. But then I thought to myself, well, what a send it for her, because then there's the three of us. There's Craig, Naomi, maybe Sylvan. Um, the three of them, you know, they could just stay with um, stay with Craig and then boot Sylvan off. So there's less there's less incentive to stay with me. Plus, I'm losing my mind, you know. So why would you do it? It must be then, as somebody who obviously is trying to play the game, you're surrounded by these people who aren't wanting to play the same way as you, the frustrations is there. So going to that boat, sitting there at Tribal Council, being a fan, knowing that this is it, I mean, it is 19, 18 years later. You've obviously had struggled to kind of want to talk about this now, but just how down in the dumps are you at that moment thinking like, fuck, what? I, I've tried everything and they're just not listening to me. This is my survivor journey. It's done. Yeah, you you have this resignation, you know, there's only so much you can do. But at least, like I was saying before, at least if you gave it a go, I had that. I had that to hold on to. I just felt, you know what, it could have been worse. I could have stayed around for another, uh, another three nights, another six nights if I had played their way. Don't rock the boat. Maybe Sylvan might be voted out. Maybe he puts his hand up. Maybe, who knows? Maybe, but then... I wouldn't have respected my game. And at the end of the day, you, you have to respect your own game. Otherwise, it's you've got, you got the rest of your life to think about it. That's for sure. You do. You do. And and 
I saw that you blew up as well, Matt. Yep. Which is good work. Oh, it, it's yeah. look and, and I knew I knew I was like you I, I knew that uh, when I said all that 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 my torch was getting snuffed but yeah. uh, my biggest thing and and I don't think anyone will really know how much trouble I was in yeah I didn't click with anyone it just was the group I got put in and, and I know that's why I got put put on that tribe and, and got mm. on that season was because they knew I wasn't going to take any shit from these other these other mm. blokes you know and that's what they wanted. And unfortunately yeah. we lost the first immunity challenge and I knew I was in big trouble and I wasn't just going to sit there and, you know, just like you, I wasn't just going to sit High there and say, yes, everyone. sir, no, sir, three bags full, sir. Like I'm there to play my own game. I'm not there to, to help, you know, Zach get to the final or, or whoever. You weren't there to help Cray get to the final. You were there to get yourself to the final. And you know what? If it's me, well, I'm going to tell you a few home truths yeah. <laughs> as I go out. That's it. That's it. That's what you got to do. And that's how I was. That's how, actually, that's how I was in the, interview process and i'm sure that's how you were in the interview pro- and that's what they want because they you won't have a show otherwise yeah, yeah i would you know just hearing you talk about your interview process is it's it's it sounds like it's almost identical to mine i went in there with the mindset you know what this is me this is what you're going to get i'm not saying this for the camera I'm, I'm not there to be famous i'm there to play the game the game i love and you either like me and you get me on the show or you don't stop wasting my time, I'm out of here. Yeah, I made that's that clear. It. Yep, and they knew that. I, they knew that I was there for the right reason or what I think was the right reason and that I wasn't there to try to be someone else. I made it clear to them. I said, this is who I am. You either like it or you don't. I don't care. I want to get on the show, but I'm not going to tell you what you want to hear. This is who yeah. I am. You either want me on this season or I'll try again next season. And that's exactly what I did. And that works. I've got to ask... I'm sure you listened to the episode where Matt heavily talked about this and I agreed with his point that you were ahead of the of the time in Australian Survivor. Like, you were ahead of this game because nowadays players of, like, your calibre who were playing the way you were, the game's filled with them. This is what we know now from Survivor. Yes. Do you look back on that now and think that you were ahead of ahead of your time? It's It's a shame because I knew... My mates, I had a nickname, the Oracle, because <laughs> because I'm quite intuitive, and I know I know what's going to happen before it happens, and I know how things are going to pan out, and I knew, and it's just it's frustrating when there's very little you can do about it, but you know, I told Deb, I said to Deb, it's me, and then it's you, and then I, I heard, I think Tim might have said it to me afterwards he spoke to Deb and she said, oh, you know, I should have listened to Dave, but, you know, she suspected I had, a, you know, a different agenda. Yeah, I wanted to play. But Can I know, just say, Ben, we've just found the title for this episode, The Oracle. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and what I, love, what I love about that even more, that is so random. My brother, his nickname, we call him The Oracle. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Were you, in the, were you in the Matrix, well, David? Were you were you that woman that helps Neo? <laughs> oh, She's going back now. Yeah. It, I mean, it must be frustrating then just with the Deb situation because an episode later, Deb's basically going, oh, crap, we voted all the old people out. Oh, maybe we should have kept one of them around to uh, keep us on track a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah, It's a, but you don't want to hear that, do you? No. Because then that makes it worse. That makes it worse. And you think, well, I tried. I tried to tell you. And like I said, if you had someone who was older, who went through life and um, who didn't just come out of school, 
mate, they'd be taking those opportunities. They'd say, if I don't take this opportunity, you know, an op- opportunity is recognised once it's passed. And once you've let a few opportunities go, you start to recognise them earlier when you're older. And an older person would have said, I'm with you. Let's do this because I can see where this is going. Another thing you don't want to hear too is after you get voted out that that your tribe end up winning the next immunity. Obviously, I oh, know you don't the, want to hear that. No, because you know then it would have had what, another. And that Sylvan wins a bloody the, car. Yes. Oh no. Yes, but when you found out that Kadena finally lost, lost, and Jeff went home, I'm assuming that because things are different. I, I'm not sure if you're aware, but the way Channel Ten do it now is once you're voted out, if you're voted out pre-jury. You're on. You're on the flight home the next day. Home. You, you oh, don't no, sit. Right, right. Where no, I know okay. with you, you had to stay in lockdown for what the next yes. month or so. so. Did Jeff? Did he come and stay with you after he got uh, voted out? He did. Um, and I chatted to Jeff, and he was a nice guy. Um, um, but I heard you say that before uh, in, in the other podcast, and and. I have to think back and I go, yeah, you know, you're right. But then I realised, hang on, I, I do remember Jeff and I'm thinking, how come I don't recall anyone else? And then I, I realised, that's right, I'd actually asked the producer, my family lives in France, and I said to the producers, do you mind if I go to France? Uh, I'm not in the country, I won't be speaking to anyone. At a different time back then, there was no uh, social media, um, you know, so... And they said, providing you're over there and you're not um, speaking about the show, no problem, you can go. So I took that because I thought, well, instead of wasting that time there, I could be seeing my family. So that's what I did. So how long were you actually like down in Whaler's Way area, Port Lincoln, before you went to France? Were you there for a week or how, how long? I'd say a week, but I roughly, yeah. 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 Now, it, it, you mentioned France. So... We know from our Survivor book um, you were born in <laughs> France. So did you grow up in France or when did you come to Australia? Uh, oh, when I was very young, like uh, when I was four years old. Yeah, but my, well, I... my, my, my family went back to France um, and I stayed behind. Yeah, nice. No, yeah, because, I, I, well, as far as we know, and we're almost 100% of this, you're the only... Australian Survivor player ever that was born in France to play uh, to play Australian. Oh, there Survivor. you go. <laughs> There's a few firsts. <laughs> when you went back then, so obviously you went to France. So how did your family take it that um, obviously they knew you didn't win the show? How did they uh, take? They live. Out, my parents. Um, they don't know. They they don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah. So for them, it was my brothers. Oh yeah, that that was pretty cool. They were they were impressed. But uh, you couldn't really discuss. Um, they wouldn't have known because I was living here, they're there, so they wouldn't have known, hey, how come you're back so soon? I, I really actually didn't even tell them that I was going across. So, um, and my family back in Sydney, my wife's family, um, well, I wasn't back in Sydney. I didn't, I didn't let them know that I was back because I didn't want them to know. You know, I, I wanted that surprise for them. So what was that like then watching it back with them not knowing and I guess yourself internally going, oh, shit, I'm only in it for three episodes? Yeah, yeah. It's And you don't know how much of it you're in. You know, if you could be one of those four contestants that you don't see or like, you know, on The Bachelor, there's some people who go, I didn't know they were even on the show, you know. (laughs) My wife watches The Bachelor and 
You see oh, the random on, guy at the you end, watch and it you go. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> with with the amount of with the amount of airtime you're getting in those first three episodes, they must have thought oh, you were yeah. going to win the bloody thing. <laughs> I, I was pleased with that. That 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 was pleasing. I just wish I could have played more, you know. And that's yeah. that's the thing. Like I, I was disappointed, but they they're not disappointed. They love it. It's exciting for them. And they, I've got kids now, and it's funny. You go through the um, the psychological testing beforehand and for us there was about five, i think about 500 psychological tests and things and uh, questions and uh, they give you your myers-briggs which is um score which is good you get to learn a bit about yourself and one of the things one of the psychologist said with you uh you need children you you should have children and since then i've had my kids and um, she was right, 100% right. So wow. that was interesting. But you, you have them now and then they're excited. And But um, it's funny because to do a bit of the – I thought, shit, I better watch some of – I better watch these episodes back through before I talk to you tonight because it's been a long time. And I went to – and on the official Survivor channel on the YouTube – it's country blocked. I said, you've country blocked my channel, my shows, my episodes. We can hook you I up. I said, I have to run a VPN to watch my, <laughs> to watch my we, own show. We can hook you up. We know the same guy Sylvan knows. It's all good. <laughs> uh, otherwise, you'll have to have another um, trip over to France. Yeah, 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 to watch, <laughs> watch, to watch the show. Watch it from there. It's insane. But they, they were watching me and they said, oh, we only watched you. My daughter goes, you look sad. You're always looking sad. They're saying there's something wrong with David. I said, look, I was sleeping. She said, they always look sad. So did your, did your kids grow up knowing that you were on a reality show, like one of the very first reality shows, or was it something you didn't really talk about? I didn't, to be honest, I didn't really talk about it with them, really. To be, I, I just never really um, did it. it, it, it ironically, uh, we were out last night and a friend of ours, pulled up and started wanted to talk about it and she said oh my wife kylie said kylie said you were on survivor and i'm thinking oh jesus i've got to talk to you guys tonight i haven't spoken to anyone about it in (laughs) in 19 years so that was a warm-up what what was it like though then at that period um because obviously three episodes in it was still very much a talked about show um you know the the press no doubt probably a lot of radio interviews i don't know if you did the today show getting recognized Mm. it must have been a pretty Mm. unique period of your life Mm. it 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 was i do recall i live on a golf uh, on a golf course here and i go and collect the little the golf balls off the cliffs and in the bushes and i was collecting balls and i've popped out of a bush and someone's looked at me and go, you're that guy from Survivor. <laughs> and it, 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 it looked like I was in the bush just <laughs> and just pop out because that's what I do. <laughs> that's crazy. Brilliant. That's crazy. What was you then take um, watching it and the remainder of the game, how it all turned out, Rob winning and the blow-ups of Katie and just everything else that happened afterwards? Yeah, I, I thought, well, that's when I got to see the other side because you don't – number one, you don't see the other side and you don't see – what people say to the camera. And so in a way you're more reserved to camera because if you're not reserved to the camera, if everyone else is and you're not, then you come across bad or if everyone's putting the boot in and you didn't, you think, well, you could have put the boot in. So it's really hard when you're not seeing the other side. Uh, but it was good to see the other side. It was good to see uh, Tapara. I could see that they they wanted to play. And I did. that's why I remarked straight away, bang, they were talking about – I remember Shona stoking the campfire, talking about the game. 
we we had to pretend there was no game. So that that was that was um, eye opening for me. And uh, I'd have to say um, our side panned out exactly the way I thought we would go. We would fizzle out, and it would be Craig and Naomi, and that's how I thought exactly how it would go because there were no other no other options unless the girls got together and did a bit of girl power and voted Craig out, maybe. But um, What was your take then on seeing Craig fighting as hard as he did after the merge? Because, I mean, Craig really kind of picked his game up. Was that surprising or did, did. you think it did surprise you? Uh, well, no, but I, for me, uh, it's not – he should have thought about it before that because it's like I'm going to give it a go and give it a go physically, you know, in the challenges and, and fight hard. Then, But that's too late. You really, he needed to think about it beforehand and have a strong group go through um, with uh, within the merge because otherwise you you won't survive. He merged and then that was the end of him. You did mention earlier on that Craig was the leader of the tribe and the girls loved him and, and that uh, you sort of, I guess you knew where your place was with them in the tribe. But Craig didn't really, the way it was edited anyway, he didn't appear to become the leader until sort of that episode four and five. But even then, there was, a, I think it was episode five or six where they have to pick who's going to go up against Joel, um, basically on the one-on-one challenge. And instead, and Craig would have easily been the man to pick, but Sylvan does it instead. They sort of have a, mm. I don't know, it's a scissor, paper, rock or something. Mm. And, and yeah, Sylvan, where, where Craig... That's clearly what Kadena was lacking. I mean, they're already yes. in trouble, but there's still no leadership to say, "Hey, 100%. you're the best person for the job. We need to win this." Was that evident the whole time? That that was that's a hundred percent, and that's why Craig's game uh, from the merge was just a game of try harder on your own. Try just try hard on your own, and that's that's not enough in this game. That won't get you through, and that's what they were doing there. And that's a hundred percent right. He, he was actually very good physically with the challenges. It was excellent. And that will carry him to, for, to a certain degree. But like any game, any team sport, you've got you to people, take people with you and they'll help you. And he didn't do that. He didn't because he, because he was at the top. He promoted, I'm, I'm sure, maybe he's a different opinion, he, he promoted this idea of we don't need to do that. And he couldn't be the first one to start to have these alliance discussions because he's promoting we're different we don't need to do that but providing we're all keeping craig in the game he doesn't care but then what are you going to do once you merge do you think that was strategy on craig's part to kind of keep people that way until he got to the merge no i just think that's uh, i just think they they genuinely felt we're aussies we're likable we're nice we don't have to be that way. We don't have to backstab anyone. It's not a matter of backstabbing. It's a matter of trying to keep yourself in the game. He obviously had the support of the girls. He didn't feel he needed to, so he could promote that. I don't think it was a strategic decision. I just think it it was something that worked for him. The girls loved him. He was there. Just keep keep it going. But you'd have to know that, that once you got rid of Sylvan, once you got rid of... Um, once you got rid of Tim, once you got rid of me, and, and you keep Karen, who she was after Deb. She was kept there. After, she, Karen's not going to help you with anything. So you're left with very little options. And, and so he would try harder and he would try harder in the challenges. And 
Yeah, he did very well. But it's only going to take you so far. One thing I would ask about Craig while we're on the topic of him, um, do you agree with his chocolate theory about how you should eat certain types of chocolate? I'm I'm a lint ball man and <laughs> nice. I'm into he 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 said he said microwave them. <laughs> and that's that is atrocious. Look <laughs> ch- ch- listen you and, you ch- that's so unsophisticated. Look, you got to chill a lint ball, chill, chilled chocolate. Just chill a lint ball. All right. So we we had one of our good friends and listeners, Matt Carr. He did the Craig Abbott challenge, and he tried to make microwave his black Cadbury Black Forest for oh, two minutes, disgusting. and he he had to cut it short of at a minute ten. He said it was he could just smell it all burning. He he yeah. he reckon so. So Matt Carr said no more than 30 seconds. He, he couldn't even get yep. past a minute 10. So I think we'll also give Matt Carr the challenge. So you're saying a but chilled lint ball. Beautiful. Absolutely. All right. Chill them. You can't, you can't have them warm. You can't just, just have them in the fridge, leave them in the fridge, not frozen, just in the fridge for a while, for a couple of hours. They are beautiful because it's, it's about texture. It's about the, the, Chocolate on the outside has texture, it cracks, and then the, your, the heat of your mouth then starts to melt it, so you have a, a, a massive, it's, it's all an experience. You don't want hot mush. I See, I'm kind of in the middle because how I usually enjoy it is I like having my chocolate with a hot drink so that I can have it cold but then put it in my mouth and allow it to melt as I'm drinking my hot drink. Perfect, perfect. Do it with a chilled lint ball. See, just think, if Craig would have been voted out third and, David, you got to stay longer, instead of hearing the whole Black Forest Cabri chocolates <laughs> line, it would have been you and the lint, yeah. the lint ball. <laughs> lint ball. Now things could have changed. I'm liking this. The world I think, could be a different place. <laughs> I think we need to get this trending more than we have, Matt, because we had yeah other Matt do the hashtag Craig Abbott challenge. I think the more uh, people no, no. do the their own version of the Craig Abbott challenge, whether it be what Craig says or maybe then cross that with the David Haas challenge, what side are you on but the fence, don't people? Forget, the microwaves have come a long way since then. True. True. A lot more powerful. Yeah, They're more, way more powerful now. Yeah, for sure. But no, no, you can't you can't heat up chocolate like that, especially dairy milk. <laughs> Just getting back to the game, David. So we're obviously big advocates of your season, probably the the two biggest in the world. Um, definitely, there was a lot of backlash at the end of the season. They they a lot of people said it didn't sort of match up to what the American seasons mm-hmm. were. We often defend it, saying, "Well, hang on a sec. There was yes, it was on a lot less budget." However, there were some great characters, some good content, and, and an awesome finish, obviously, with the whole Katie Gold, Rob mm, mm. turning on, on Katie Gold, and then with Joel and Shona. One of the biggest talking points, and we did touch on it very early on this episode, that first challenge that you were going to sit out because you mm. were sick. Mm. When that all that happened, so were you, were you actually at the challenge watching, or were you in hospital? Or just take no, us back no. to that challenge. What were your thoughts I, about when it went wrong? I started vomiting and I wasn't good. And I, w- I was actually there at the time. And they started the challenge and they were doing it and then they took me away. So I was there to see the challenge unfold, uh, to start, and, and then then they took me away. Because 
You said you already had a little bit of concerns even on day one that um, you're worried about the production of the show. So so then finding out, watching on and saying, hey, this first immunity challenge isn't even working, can you remember what the mood around the tribe was at that stage? Because one thing I've often said when I talk about that, it looked like Kadena were actually in the lead of that challenge. So, I mean, I feel, I feel sorry for Lucinda because – if you guys win that first challenge, if it, if it doesn't play up, she doesn't yes. go home first, which also then puts possibly you in a better position as well. Um, yep. What was the talk around camp after that challenge? Do you recall? No, I, because I wasn't there. Um, it was very, it was quite, it was already evening when that challenge started. It was getting dark. And by the time it had finished, it was dark. And so I got dumped back at the campsite um, much later, and you know it was all it was all wrapped up. So um, okay, so then when you're away getting medical treatment, obviously the next day. I know you did take part in the challenge the next day, but the fact you then you lost the the true and false. Lucinda picked the wrong one, and and Jane for Tapara got the right answer and won. There must have been a lot of concern then that you were actually going to be the first boot. Um. I, I, to be honest, you would think so. Like, looking from out the, as an outsider, I would have thought so. But when I was in it, I didn't think so. I thought, okay, um, I'm fit enough and buff enough to to carry my. And I, I, I looked at it from, well, you know, why would you kick out a fit, strong person like that straight away? Okay, I was crook. Um, that's, that's how I felt. I, I mean, I could have been very wrong. As a fan of the US version going into it, what was your overall take on the season as, as a whole? Obviously, as we mentioned, it, it did receive a lot of negative criticism and for many years it has remained very negatively looked upon. What's your take on the season in general and yeah. all on that? I, I think the Tapara tribe were more, um, were more interesting um, as a group. And I just feel like if we, I, I just would have loved to have seen uh, a wider range of stronger personalities, because when I say young, okay, young in age, but also um, I just feel if you, um, rather than coming straight out of school or straight out of uni, if you have um, contestants that are in difficult uh, positions at work who who have to deal with. Um, issues at work they'll deal with that they'll go in for themselves and they'll try to do the best for themselves during the game and that's i didn't get that i no one want it's 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 i felt like everyone was apathetic everyone was comfortable with the way things are we don't have to play that way and then i said okay well instead of doing that okay forget you forget me think of the game holistically think of the production think of the show you won't have a show i was looking at it from even that angle i could see it from there so when you're saying to me, you know, maybe it wasn't seen as the best. I know. I was in the show looking out back at the show telling them, guys, give us a show. I'm sure the producer was going, mate, go, Dave, because I was trying to help them. Let's have a My show. Th- Let's, when you're watching the show back, you'll see something. My biggest criticism of the Kadena tribe is the fact that there's five people in their 20s, uh, which end up being, of course, the famous five. 
Um, that Channel Ten have 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 learnt from that. And I think I think Survivor in general have learnt from that. Now you often see them. A lot of players are in their thirties, around the age yeah. that you were when you played. Uh, and exactly for the reasons you just mentioned about by that stage, you you with your work, you've got, you know, you're more of a possibly a career and you're, you're sort of willing to speak up for yourself. So now instead of having five 20 year olds, one 30 year old, one 40 year old, one 50 year old, you're more likely. I know we have more people in the tribe now as well, but you're more likely to have maybe 60 percent of people in their 30s and then you'll have a couple 40 and then maybe just two in their 20s. You know, you always need the couple of real young ones. Absolutely. Yes. But you certainly, they don't do, you know, five out of the eight in their 20s. Because no. I know myself, and I was aware of that in my audition, and this is for something for the listeners, people who are trying to get on. That's another thing I sold in my interview is, hey, I'm a police officer. You know, this is my role. This is what I have to do on a day-to-day basis. I'm going to bring this out to the island. I've been doing it for 10 years. This Nothing's going to change. So I sold them the idea of what I do for a job. You know, a 20-year-old can't do that because they're not going to, you know, they don't have that experience in the workforce. So, and a lot of time they are trying to do the selling point now of what type of work you do or, or you know, what's mm. your background. So absolutely. But I think it, that hurt you too. I mean, like I said, you were still a young man when you played 34, you, you know, I um, mm. 35. So you're actually younger than me when, when you played, yeah. but, but five 20 year olds, that wasn't great for Kadena. And I knew it then. And then when I watched the show, I knew it. And because I can't say I knew it 100% because you, you have to watch the show to see the other side. And I knew it. I said, I knew it. I wasn't crazy. And, and that when I was at the campfire blowing up, it was for that. And I was trying to stoke that up. And it didn't work. So, so now sitting here today, you think about the age you are now. Um, I'm not going to say your age. It's, uh, obviously, it's it's 18 years old. Look at him. He hasn't yeah. aged a day. He's still the same he played. Yeah, that's Look at it. him. It's actually that's quite it. amazing, and, and I don't want you to think I'm sucking up here, but when you – obviously, we're seeing you on camera here. I couldn't believe it's, – it's almost like you have just walked straight out of Whaler's Way. And ben, can you back me up here? 100%. It's, it's literally a day hasn't passed. Now, you're 53 now, so you're actually older than Jeff – and Tim was when they played. However, you you look very fit. You look like you're still very competitive. Do you think now you would actually do better playing as a 53 year old? Uh, I'd love to play it again now. I mean, the 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 physical side of it, the the cold gets me every time. If it was in Fiji, I could pack the the mankini. I'd be there. I'd, I'd love it. Absolutely love it. And I'd love to do I feel, I actually don't feel different now than I did back then. I'd feel exactly the same. But it's scary when you think about when you talk age like that. Even even I had to do a double take and say, how long ago was this? Was this 18 years ago? So that's, that's crazy. Yeah, that, I mean, we're celebrating 20 years of the US one this year and we're only, you know, yeah. 18 months or so away from celebrating, um, you know, that from yours. But, I mean, did you mm. keep up with... Um, any versions of Survivor? You mentioned I think that you sort of stopped watching it for a little bit. I mean, did you kind of tune in at least a little bit to the the celebrity one they did a couple of years later on Channel Seven, and then the Channel Ten version when they brought it back? No, I didn't. I didn't. I couldn't. I couldn't bear to look at it. It's funny. The only little tidbit I, because you mentioned, I think it was the Africa one. There was the. I remember f- when I flew to France. I was at the um, the 
at a stopover and they had uh, Survivor on the TV. And that's the only, and I distinctly remember, I think, I think it was this one, they had Silas. He yep. was killing it. He was killing it. And then they swapped him out. And I thought, you can't do that. They just made up the rules as they went along. They said, he's got it too good, this guy. Let's let's swap them. And I think, oh, man, if they did that to ours, they could have said, Craig, you go over there. <laughs> yeah. Well, absolutely. I've got, I'm glad you said Craig because he, he would have been in the same position. If, same if, position. If, if they would have done it to Craig, absolutely. But Silas would have won that one. Oh, I agree. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Right, so, if so, they, he, so here we are talking about, you know, you're disappointed, mate. He's got – he'd be dirty. Yeah. He'd well, be dirty. He, he was he was in – he was going to win that and they've just swapped it out on him. But you know what, Survivor now, it's – it's that's just common practice now. I mean, it, like you said, there would have been uproar if – any of that stuff happened on your season. And we know at the end of your season, they did try to make it a final three and there was a mutiny that uh, Rob and Sh- or Rob and Shona were, were, were ready to pack their bags and walk mm. on production. And there was a, a big issue around that because they were wanting to get Katie in the final three. But, um, you know, these days, once you sign that paperwork to say you're going on the show, you they could... I mean, even with me, David, they I went to tribal on night two. That was the first time ever. I didn't know that was going to happen. It ruined my whole game. I was planning oh, night to... night two. Night two, and it was the first time they ever oh. did it. So here I was planning, okay, who am I going to start talking to? I've, I've spent time with this person. Okay, now I've got to spend time with that. And and, and then all of a sudden I get paid two hours before tribal. I still think I've got 24 hours. No way. That's yep. bad. So, you know, and I had to cop it on the chin. So, yeah, but like you said, back then, you know, all those years ago... Um, you know, I guess there was a bit more of that. Hey, no, you can't change the rules as you go on. Yeah, but now, now they do, don't they? The little bits I have seen, I have noticed that the host will narrate and almost script the game. Yeah, they never do that. No, it's very. Um, I mean, that was sort of a yeah. Jeff Probst started doing that in about season five in the US one, and sort of uh, JLP does that a lot on the uh, the Aussie version as well. And it's, it's actually interesting because. We're now in such a different generation of Survivor fans where people have grown it up and they're so used to this newer version that when people go back and watch the older seasons, which Matt and I both grew up on, you grew up on when you watched, you know, Borneo mm. and Australian Outback, to us it's it's not uncommon, but people go back and, wow, they didn't even talk through those challenges. It's so odd. Mm. Well, now they lead. They ask leading questions. Yep. And and you can see they don't want to answer the questions because they think, you're giving my game away. Which I would find fascinating then because, I mean, it's something we joked about when we had Lincoln on a few weeks back and then I know I've obviously talked about this to Katie over on our sister show, The Oz Network. It's almost that if you were to apply again today for Survivor, given that Channel 10 seemed to completely ignore your season ever existed, you could almost go in with a chance of just, hey, look, I never played Survivor, what are you talking about? And just be treated as a fresh (laughs) player. So, I mean, is that something that you would think about doing? I, I I have thought about that. But then again, I thought, well, you know, you could always go to the block too because they make a lot of money on the no. block. <laughs> <laughs> I'd watch you on anything. Fun. Matt definitely would watch you on anything. He'd watch you on The Bloody Bachelor. I've got one better, David. If you ever want to go on The Amazing Race and you're looking for a partner, mate, count me in. You're not allowed to fly now, are you? They've, they have made some changes, yeah. Because mm. I always thought that. And I thought, why are they allowed to fly? Because they... 
but yeah, well, they still do fly around, but it's like now it's it's a bit different. Like they the, their tickets are pre-booked and all that stuff. Where before it was, you had to get there and try to get on an earlier flight. Where I think now all the flights are just sort of booked for them, and it's more about the in-between stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Couple of um, interesting things though that I, I feel we need to bring up. Actually, before we bring those up, I'll ask you the generic <laughs> question we always do, though, David. I mean. Keep in touch with anyone from the show, or who did you keep in touch with the longest after it had all ended? No, I didn't. Um, I didn't really. But then again, you know, your life gets in the way. You'd like to, but um, I, I struggle keeping in touch with my mates. Let alone, you know, it's hard. It's hard. But I did. I did do that. I did that charity function with Lance. He was good. I've, I got my um, my um, torch from that, my survivor torch. But uh, no, no. Uh, I got on really well with Tim during the show. That's why it was uh, quite shocking because I heard from you guys. You guys informed me that he passed away. That's quite sad. Um, but I got on really well with Tim. And I, it, it's funny because we never, Tim and I never really discussed the show, but I always felt like when the moment comes we'll be able to discuss it and, you know, move forward in the game. You know, we never I, – I, ne- I always thought he was there. And then for him to be voted out was uh, quite shocking, actually. Did you get recognised for a fair while afterwards? Uh, there were a few instances, yeah, but not, not a lot. I found it really weird because um, it's not all that it's cracked up to be because you get used to getting going through your life anonymous – and it's good because I remember I had a um, uh, someone knock on the door to collect for a charity. And when you're anonymous, you can go and tell them to bugger off. But then, then I thought, oh, you know, they're going to recognise me and they're going to say, Dave from the Survivor, he's the tightest bastard. And so you're stuck. So sometimes <laughs> it's nice to be... It's nice to be anonymous, so I didn't actually like being recognised. Especially if the uh, Sydney Morning Herald uh, find out. They did a number on me after my episode, so... Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's not good. But, but you're right, it's good. It is good that um, you can you know go back to your normal life and, and rarely ever get recognised and stuff, and obviously for even the ones that go further, that dies down over the years anyway. Yeah, it does. It does. It's much better. It's not. It's not as good as people think. there are a lot of minuses to being recognised. You can't go about you. I don't like to... Because, look, I've had... I I know some people that are really nice stand-up people and I've had other people make disparaging remarks because they've recognised them and they feel they can say those things. And I think, man, when you're anonymous, you don't have any of that. So is it... Obviously, with our new podcast here, well, it's not that new anymore, ASA, um, that all these years later that we've, you've, you know, that we obviously really respect the way you played. Um, maybe not, I don't, I don't know whether people did at the time or, or whether you were seen as a bit of a more of a villain character, but is it kind of good all these years later that, you know, although you're not getting recognised and stuff like that, and, and that's what you, you know, you like that, but the fact that, maybe finally some people are actually saying, hey, you know, David Haas was actually a pretty brilliant player? Oh, I, I think the problem is that I haven't sat back and reflected um, and enjoyed 
the moment. Uh, I think this this um, podcast has has made me look back on the time and has made me revisit everything and made me reflect on it. And in that way, it's been very good. And I've never really done that. Um, I had, you know, I've just finished building. I designed and built my own house here. And I did it all myself. And I'm not an architect, but I, I did it all myself. And, and uh, people say, oh, it's, it's unbelievable. It's fantastic. How do you feel? I say, I don't know how I feel about it. And I think I've worked out I'm too hard on myself. And now, so I've given myself license now tonight to to talk to you guys and to look at it and to, to reflect on it. No, I think it's it's pretty cool. And to see that you're so um, into it makes me really, yeah, it's, it's good. It was it was a good experience and it's not, and it's nice to be the first at something. Well, <laughs> David, I feel like now that we've opened the, the door, uh, let's bring out some other things from the past. Um, Matt no, mentioned... Hold on, hold on, hold on. To add to that, I know where you're going, but let's to, to just finish. It's funny, Stephen Peters. He was the the producer at the time um, of the show, and I remember we were travelling in the bus to the site. He said, "Just I want everyone here to remember, no matter what happens, you guys will be the first and last Australian survivor." So it was right. We were the first. We weren't the last, though. We, you know. Why did he think but, we were the last? Well, because they had the the rights to, um, well, they they were committed to doing that uh, that season um, as part of their their rights to showing the American Survivor. So that w- that was a commitment they had to make was to 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 produce one season. So they, I think that's why they went in big, and they did that. And I think they felt like this is the one and only. That, but they didn't realise other stations would pick it up. So. So, well, every station almost, in Australia, <laughs> ABC, almost. SBS, yet to get off the ground. It's funny, something I did ask Stephen afterwards, I, 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 something that makes me feel good, though, uh, when I reflect on it. I said, you know, we had the, um, the interview process and you had to choose all the contestants. And he said, you, you I, I said to him, you came up with all these, the 16. I said, who was your, who was your top pick? Who was, the, who was the contestant you wanted the most? as producer and he said it was me and wow. so I, I i was stoked with that i was happy with that i wasn't fishing for that because i genuinely wanted to know who who he wanted but he he said me so that i was i was pleased with that i can take that away with me well let's let's find out why i think this is the case because matt brought up the um sydney morning herald before i've got a little article here from the herald son uh luke dennehy who uh previewed a few things and he said about you david that um you're like original winner Richard Hatch. You're a bit quirky, but a con for you is that you once worked as a nude bartender in a swingers club and could be two different from yes. most contestants. So I have to ask you about this. Come on, nude, nude <laughs> swingers club. Talk to me about this. Why is that a con? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, maybe everyone else is a prude. <laughs> <laughs> now the, um, you know, what's interesting is you do the application process. Right? I'm not digressing. Hold on. Uh, you, you do the. <laughs> The, the application process, and you have to write, you know, you, you, you put it all out there. Um, but that's the application process. And then after the application process, they choose you, you get so, and you sign the contracts. I want to know why that <laughs> is out there now. Because that was before 
You know what I mean? The contract, That was yeah. before I signed the contract. So I need to take this up with Channel. I say, boys, what's going on? Where are my damages? My reputation? No, no, it's the, um, the clubs are actually uh, family business. Family business. And my dad did really well from that, and it is very – it was hard to explain to my wife, okay, this is what I do. But, you know – this is what I mean. When you're young and you, you have to go through life and experience life, well, then then that translates, yeah, no, into the game. Yeah, look, I'm, just, I'm a bit, bit shocked, bit shocked <laughs> that it's a family business. And how does that question come? Uh, son, would you mind getting naked in the family swingers club? <laughs> Don't, the Greeks have the Greeks have takeaway shops and the, us French, we have swingers clubs. So in in your application process when you did the interview and stuff did like did you mention that like to let them know that hey I'm not just doing a normal boring job oh, that was part of but that was part of the interview I said well that's you know that's part of what creates your I, I guess your outlook on life and your personality yeah. and that was part of it it wasn't what I was doing at the that particular yeah. point in time but that's that's something I'll put it out there not expecting it to be to be in this book Right, I've got children now. Which, which am I? I have to bring up then because there's two here that I particularly like. Your most embarrassing moment that you were drunk on a high achievers conference flight to Hawaii, were asked to put your pants back on that you had thrown up on by an air stewardess, uh, and then you get embarrassed every time the compromising photos are passed around at work. Yes, yes, that's correct. Do the photos still exist, David? Do we have to ask for these or? Well, but. Don't forget, that's a different time. So those photos are real photos, and they get they get trashed in time. Yeah. But nowadays, you know, I, your kids now are in trouble because everything, nothing is forgotten now. It'd be different now. I mean, that'd be on that'd be on video on Twitter. Look at this Aussie idiot. So, <laughs> and the other one, your perfect day. After a hard morning session of body oiling the penthouse pet of the year, the girls carry me down to a secret reef break. My mates join me and we trade wave after perfect wave with the dolphins. Skillfully, we surf to exhaustion. And as due reward, the girls massage our aching bodies. A sunset barbecue follows overlooking the beach with my friends and family. It's warm and balmy. The beers are cold and there's lots of carefree laughter. How good does that sound? That still sounds good. 20 years later, mate, that still sounds perfect. I know where you went wrong, David. You should your luxury item shouldn't have been a chessboard. It should have been body oil, and you could have done all the the, the famous five, all the twenty year olds, even Sylvan, get in there just every day, get the oil out and give them body oil rubs. Trust me, you probably would have won the whole game. I do recall in the show. I think I think Lucinda was giving me a head massage. I think well, I do recall. I think not 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 quite a penthouse pet. No offense to Lucinda. No. But, um, no. You know, stomach. I mean, you take what you can get. It's Survivor. Yeah, true. The other thing, I mean, we did this with us. You know, I'm not going to do it with you now because you've got the book. You know all the answers. You can actually cheat and look in front of you. We went through all the, the questions here uh, to see if you remember what you put. But I do have to point out here, and this is one more so for yourself, being a New South Welshman, Matt being a Queenslander, a bit more into the NRL than I am. But Sydney Roosters, man, you've obviously been a pretty happy mm. man the last couple of years. Yes, yes, they've been doing very well. And I've been a Roosters fan since, what, 74, I think. So we've had lean years in the 90s, and now it's this this glut 
Um, but I'm, you know, now, and that was then, but now I'm more into my football, my soccer, because my son's into it. Right. And he's, he's 14 and a, oh, he's, yeah, 14 and a half now. And he's doing very well at his football. So into so that, that now. He's at Sydney FC, Western Sydney Wanderers. Yeah, he loves Sydney FC and the EPL and he's into his FIFA and he plays uh, at a high level now and he plays for Football New South Wales and he's going really well. So into that. But it's funny how your life does change and it's that life experience that you can take to the game. Well, it was actually one of the reasons why we uh, it took a bit longer to to get you on this podcast because we yes. we couldn't line up a time because you know, obviously you, you 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 take your son to training multiple times a week and we're only lucky today's a, the Australia Day public holiday yeah. and uh, you, he didn't have training we were able to get you on the show. It's tough. I've I've been building as well. I, it, it is actually I think you try the the older you get the more you try to cram into your life. But it's the most it's the busiest I've ever been in my life, and I get your random email out of the book i said i can't believe this i can't <laughs> and mentally mentally i had to take myself back there i said i can't do this i can't do this right now but um i'm glad i did i'm glad i did i've thoroughly enjoyed it well just quickly before you let you go one final question i mean you mentioned obviously you built your own house your son's doing great at football still married other children what else has been happening in the life of david Haas since survivor i tell you what was difficult um because I was listening to your podcast before and they were talking about, you are talking about Rob. I think Rob's passing, that was that was tough. Um, and I, I think it, it gave me a, a, a different outlook on life because at the time, you know, um, you know, Rob achieved what you wanted to achieve. You know, he did it. And so you covered that. But then, you know, is that good? Is it bad? And you just, just got to appreciate what you have. And have gratitude for what you have, and that that sort of realigned everything for me. Um, but why did I mention Rob? Um, yes, oh, I can't remember now. Why did I mention Rob? I was going somewhere. I can meander a bit with it, but there's always there's always a point to these things. <laughs> yeah, no, no. So that's um, yeah, and and what was I going to say about work? Anyway, still in the IT industry. Um, I mean, um, it's 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 all I've ever done, and in a way, it's sort of uh, it, it's funny because I thinking about Survivor. It, I, I said I worked in the IT industry um, initially. I, I don't think I should have said. I think that put me offside with um, um, with Craig. To be honest, I, for some reason, I felt he felt. Um, I felt I was above him. You know what I mean? It was, and I think if I if I had to do it again, you got to think about what you say you do. In that respect, now you say you're a police officer, and that can get people offside. If I if I was booked coming into the Survivor, <laughs> you know, you're out. Especially especially if you tell them you're a traffic cop. Yes. Uh, yes. Uh, no, I I never told anyone. They they never showed it on 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 my episode, but um. Yeah, I lied. I just I said I worked in hospitality, which was my job prior to getting in to the police. Yeah. So I'd done it for five years, so I was well aware of you know if if, any, if they hit me with any questions, I was able to answer them no problem. But I just who, who doesn't did... love a barman? Well, that's it, and you know, like you know, I'd done it for for six years, and um, 
So I just forgot to mention, oh, by the way, I've been a police officer for 10 years. So I didn't tell anyone that. And that was because I knew, like, in the end, it didn't matter in the end anyway. But I knew that it would definitely rub a few people the wrong way or not even rub them the wrong way. They More eyes would be on me thinking, oh, geez, he's a cop. And, you know, we'd, we'd had a few American uh, contestants, um, you know, Sarah. Um, she had previously won, um, of course, and she she was a police officer. Um and 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 what's the other one? I've gone blank. It's in uh, oh, only uh, Tony, one of the greatest Tony, of all course, time. One of the greatest. You know. I went blank. One of the greatest uh, contestants of all time. So also but, yeah, bald. Was, yeah, also <laughs> bald. But there was so there was two there was two sort of fresh, fairly fresh contestants in America who were coppers who had won. So I mean, I would have been an idiot if I went oh, in. Yeah. And it's actually funny because another contestant on last season, she was a uh, female. She was a police officer as well, but she just told everyone she was a hairdresser, which which wasn't shown on the season at all. So oh, yeah, you know, yeah. I guess if you were if you went further in the game, they would show that. But they kind of left that out. Yeah, you, you can. Hates traffic cop though. <laughs> and you know what? That was one of my opening lines that I said in my interview, my one-on-one interview. I walked because I did the group interview, never told anyone that um, I was a police officer in the group interview, went into my one-on-one interview, and that was one of the first lines I said to the lady. I said, everyone hates a traffic cop. I said that. that (laughs) Even you know that. Oh, absolutely. I played it up 100%. You know, I just remembered what I was going to say before. Go for it. (laughs) I was listening to, to, you know, your – and something I noticed – um, you know what's happened since then, uh, and I was listening to your podcast with with Rob and and how he was saying how he, you know, his um, just the thought of his children, um, you know, brought him to tears, and it, it was only three days. And what I what I realised when I was out there was, um, yeah, I thought going on the show when you um, uh, you would be away from your family, and I said, well. I'm away from my family all the time for work. Yeah, so I I do that all the time. So that's going to be easy. And what I noticed was the harder the conditions, the tougher it is to be away from your family. So if you're away from your family in a hotel room, that's fine. But when you're lying in the dirt, freezing cold, then that amplifies that emotion. And I remember um, back then, I, I missed my dog. I didn't have kids back then. Now, forget about, forget about it. So now I understand where Rob was coming from. Now I understand. And, and it is massively, massively amplified when things are difficult. When everything's okay, it's okay. But when things are tough like that and it's cold and you're hungry and you're exhausted and you're not sleeping your family and you get super emotional and i got actually quite emotional for my dog but he passed away since the show finished and he's in the backyard now so that's where i was going with that so there you go and i think what makes it difficult too if, if you don't have that bond with anyone and you know you, you said you know you got along with everyone and you like tim and everyone but but if, if you just don't have that connection you obviously didn't never felt safe out there as far as strong in your alliance that would be weighing on you too because you think well i can't i know these people are coming after me i can't trust them it's it's i mean you were out there you know a week longer than i was i played the game but even for my short time i knew straight away no one had my back and there's not many times in life if any 
that you will go through life without at least having someone that's got your back. But when you're mm. out on the island, if you're at the bottom of the pecking order, no one's got your back. And it's a very unique feeling, and it's something that I will never forget. Mm. It's that it's that um, exclusion. Yeah. That feeling, that exclusion. And we're, we're social animals. And I was explaining this to my daughter last night that uh, because she was talking about you know the evol- you know the evolution of mankind and i said the only reason we are where we are is because as humans we all work together that's the difference between us and other animals that work solo we work together and because we work together we're able to achieve what we achieve but when you get excluded like mm. that and there's that's bad so obviously then uh family life going well so a couple of kids couple of kids and you know that psychologist did say that you you needed children and it's the best thing that's ever happened to me and it's totally changed my life but like i said i think if if i was to do it today and you ask the question if i was to do it today from a from a personality point of view or from a fitness point of view no problem the your biggest achilles heel is the fact that you have the kids and the family back home and that and now i would i understand how rob would have felt and because in the podcast and it was only three days but i would have it would have been very very difficult really difficult and it, it is more difficult when when the when everything's tough when everything's tough that's when you really miss them before we let you go david i feel that there's one more thing that we need to do here uh today and i'm just hoping that our production team might be able to play a bit of music in the background here some nice sweet romantic music uh matt the floor is yours you have got as much time as you need to glow and praise and just get all your love for this man that you are staring at right now out onto the podcast world and the sphere of listeners because you're never going to have this opportunity again to declare your love and admiration for david Haas. hold on hold on I have to come back. I don't forget. I have to come back. Oh, you'll be end. back every week, because you know Matt will be ringing you up every week. Your best is now. But I just, I just want to give Matt right. I've never done this before, and I want Matt to just absolutely glow his love for you right now here. Can, well, can Matt convince my wife of this? We'll get her on. <laughs> get her to join us. Get her to get this love going on right now. Well, what, now Dave? You know, you know what, Steve? Steve and the producer said the one other thing he said to me goes, "I'd really like to meet your wife." And I thought, I thought, what the hell does he mean by that? <laughs> I think Matt a... wants to meet your wife so that he can offer as a cop, so that he can. You marry don't know you whether himself. that's a comp- compliment or a backhand, or is he saying you, you're such a unique person? I want to see who's who's married you. <laughs> Go on, Matt. Floor's yours. Come oh. on. All right, Ben. Hit that music because we could be here for another couple of hours if I if I told you all my love for David. But no, in seriousness, David. Look, when I emailed you. It was funny because I, I've admitted this on a podcast. I watched your season, you know, 10 years ago, and I've watched it a few times, but I had forgotten about you. And when I've done these rewatches, I, you stood out for me so much. It was, and I think maybe that's because how far Survivor has come. And, and, I, and I'm like, you know, we watched the first episode, second, and I'm like, who is this guy? Like, this guy is brilliant. And, and then, you know, I started talking to Ben about it and, and talking about you on the podcast. And then, you know, and then it got to your third episode. Unfortunately, it was your boot episode, but you were, and I truly believe in this, that you were uh, before your time. And, and if, if you were playing now, and, you know, even if you only lasted the nine nine episodes now, you, you would be, you know, you'd be like a, a god figure in Survivor. And you're definitely a very, 
very unique character and and someone that we sh- that any survivor fan should never forget and i hope i really hope that our younger listeners can go back now and and if they can get a hold of your episodes and actually watch you and and, and appreciate what you were providing to reality tv back you know back in 2000 and 2002 and um you know, I, I'm I'm very glad, Ben. I'll, I'll wrap this up shortly. <laughs> no, 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 David wants to keep going. He's loving this. I, I, I remember the the cameraman used to do this to me. Like, keep going, mate. Leave this cold. I give you a little bit of trivia. I uh, I was talking. I was on the the camera. The camera guy was there, and he's there filming me. And they do this, and yeah, yeah, this is fantastic. And I'm there talking to him. And look, some, something falls out. And I look, and out of his pocket fell a little big lighter, a little grey big. It just felt. I thought, is this for real? I, I thought, is this a setup? He's just he's he's lighter because he's a smoker. He's lighter, and I'm there for the rest of that time, and thinking to myself, what am I going to do? Do I tell him that that lighter's just fallen out of his pocket, or do I keep this, knowing? that they're back there with a stick trying to set, light the fire. <laughs> what did you do? What do you think I did? You kept the lighter. <laughs> yeah, I'm, 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 I'm starting to think maybe you traded Sylvan the lighter for the two tablets. Why do you think they want to keep me around? Hey? There's only one guy that could start that fire. So, so did you get away with then all of a sudden rocking up to camp going, hey guys, look what I found, light the fire, get it away? No, 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 I didn't tell them I had the lighter. I could just start fires. <laughs> that is brilliant. I couldn't believe it. I thought, this can't be happening. This can't be real. <laughs> but but how, how do the camera people not see you pulling a lighter out and sneakily lighting something? No, because you can. they're not there all the time. So they're oh, here. Let me, let me, give me a go with that stick. <laughs> yeah. The stick and the shoelace. So I'll, I'll sort this out. Don't worry. Leave it to me. So, wow. so it ended up being the stick in the bick. And that's why that's it. And that's it. So you keep a guy like that around, don't you? Okay, so, so, so what we've learnt today, in conclusion, Sylvan is a drug dealer and David lit a fire with a lighter. Is this the first time we've ever had confirmation, Matt, that in the history of any version of Survivor that you found a lighter that conveniently was there and then boom, you've lit it. Wow. It is. It fell out of the cameraman. He was squatting. He was squatting to film me, and it fell out of his pocket. And I'm looking at this lighter trying to do this interview going, I can't believe that there's a lighter there. <laughs> They're back there trying to start a fire, and I've got a lighter here. This just confirms that I'm 100% right in when I say you were ahead of your time. Play the music that's, again. That's fair game. If they're leaving lighters around, what are you going to do? Hand it back and say, oh, there's your lighter, especially when you want to be the hero of your tribe. Survivor. Oh, you know, my if, if word. Wash up ashore, well, you're not going to throw it back in, so I'm sorry. This is crazy. <laughs> but honestly, wow. uh, David, yeah, I think I think there's always a few characters in any reality show that uh, stand out above the rest. And, you know, we, we've got some some big personalities uh, in, in the more current seasons of Survivor. Obviously, Luke Toki is basically the face of Australian Survivor now. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put you up there as one of those very unique characters who who you know it was a perfect casting and i really do mean that i think you were the perfect casting for the season and um you know and it's a shame that you probably 
didn't get more credit for that at the time. But all these years later, I hope that in some way that um, we finally helped close that chapter um, in your life with Survivor. And um, and I and I hope it's also brought back that love and passion for the game. And who knows, you might even continue watching it from here on in. But, uh, but you know, it's, it's been great talking to you. I'm glad that you uh, replied to my random email all those months <laughs> ago and uh, didn't think I was just some loony and delete it and move on but uh yeah it's been great having you mate i know you're a busy guy so to to to, to give us your time to sit here for a couple of hours and talk all things whalers way mate it's been an absolute pleasure and uh and you know no doubt will be i think one of our greatest ever interviews that we'll ever do fantastic thanks boys no look i appreciate you doing it i'm blown away with the quality of what you're doing and you have reignited the um the passion and the fun and the enjoyment I had for the show. And I'd have to say for 18 years, it wasn't there. So it's um, it's fantastic. It's uh, really brought it back to life. And I think what you're doing is um, incredible because really it is something that we should celebrate. And it's something that it's nice to have a record of it. And, you know, and, and you know, Tim's passed and Rob's passed. So it's great that uh, we have, have something to, to show the kids because it is the first one and we should be proud of that. And you're 100% right. I think although it doesn't get the recognition, you know, Channel 10 don't don't count it. And, and, and unfortunately, there are some people that don't count it out there. But as a, as a, a fan of Survivor for, for 20 years now, I, I, and I've said this before, you know, I, I think you're one of the you're the one of the lucky 16 Australian people who who got to play the very original Survivor. And to me, that's mm-hmm. the number one to if, if to be the original Australian Survivor player that beats anything you could that beats being on all stars to me if, if you're one of the original 16 no one can take that away from you so david right. mate it's uh like i said it's an absolute pleasure to have one of the the ogs of australian survivor on our podcast thank you very much thanks boys and uh makes call me back for because i've got to have my say at the end in case anyone disses me and and make sure you watch all stars it starts february 3 check it out see what you think oh, okay okay cool i will i will thanks boys well, um, yeah. Um, cue the music again. Maps, how are you feeling, mate? We finally got to interview the king of Kadena. Life is great, Ben. Life is great. You, you're, you're buzzing at life right now. Um, I mean, you've had your chance to declare your love to this man. We, we've learnt so much in this episode uh, and this interview that, um, look, I, I think... You expected it to be good. I expected it to be good, and we've come out of it. Um, yeah, learning about lighters, drugs, and everything else in between. Isn't it great just to hear all these little stories that have ne- that these has gone on for like 18, 19 years? They they were out on Whale as well in two thousand and one. That's when they played, and some of this stuff has never been never been talked about since. So to to be sitting here and and have the chance to interview these people and share these stories, like. You got to admit, Ben. Like we're pretty surprised hearing some of these stories. It's just like, you know, you, you're not expecting it, and then yeah, and then you find out, um, you know, lighters and Sylvan's uh, he's the medic out on the island, and yeah, it's it's fantastic. This is exactly why we're doing ASA. I just feel that as a police officer, you might be looking into Sylvan a little bit more now that uh, he's handing out pills out there in South Australia 18 years ago. It understands why. It makes us understand why he he had a fantasy world going. That's for sure. <laughs> Um, yeah, crazy, 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 uh, so entertaining, and yeah, no, I'm with you, it's it's just so great to be able to learn these stories, and it is just part of the reason why we're doing the show. 
And I and seriously, I wish oh, our viewers go and have a look at the social media photo of David. He's like Benjamin Button. I swear, he's getting younger. He looks younger than he was out at Whaler's Way. I feel it, so it, it's honored. Incredible. I feel so honoured to say that I have been on the line with the two Australian bald contestants out of what 123 players. Um, but somebody's going to correct me. I'm probably missing somebody, but um, I'm pretty sure that you are the only two bald players to have ever played Australian Survivor. Yeah, like I said, you could you could probably say Russell Hans, but uh, but we're, we're, I, I want to be in, no, I want to be in a club just just myself and David Haas. So yep, we're the only two bald players to ever play the game. Look at I'm that! I'm happy with Look that. At that. Oh, thrilling! This is a <laughs> groundbreaking moment. Um, before we we head off and uh, close out uh, this episode, because um, we're still just in absolute awe of how how well uh, it all turned out. Uh, big thanks to everyone who entered our buff competition that we drew, of course, during the week, and an even big congratulations to our two winners. Australian Survivor contestant Laura Chung, funny how that worked out, and Kayla Louise Whiting. You two are obviously going to be wearing those buffs loud and proud, and we would love to see images, uh, videos with them, uh, anything you want to send us uh, in. Uh, of course, we will share them on social media because these are a great piece of memorabilia that we've had made, very exciting, and, um, yeah, we actually, I was thrilled with the response. We got over 50 entries into our competition, so... Um, Big thanks to everyone who put it in there, and uh, congratulations to our winners. It was definitely great seeing some hype around the Aurora Buffs. Uh, it's a very unique piece of Australian uh, Australian Survivor history, isn't it? I mean, was the only tribe, merged tribe ever, not to have a, a, a buff, but uh, here on ASA we've corrected that, and now we've got two lucky listeners that are going to be able to enjoy wearing the buffs. And I will say that I did kind of tease on the uh, the social media video when we announced the winners that uh, people can stay tuned. They will be able to still get their hands on the buffs. Um, they weren't the only two that we got made. We did get a few made. So we are going to be uh, offering them to purchase at some point soon in the future. Uh, this in no way, like, is this some sort of, you know, massive cash grab we're doing? I mean, this has all been organized with the help of Headskins as well as Cable. Uh, just gone out of their way to help us with this. So... So um, we will be selling some, the, the very limited numbers that we do have, and they're not going to be that expensive either, and this is in no way for us to profit off it. If I'm being completely honest with you, we ain't profiting off it at all. It's just more of a service to you guys, the fans, to own this unique piece of Australian Survivor history that should have existed 18 years ago. I can guarantee you guys I'm buying a, a bunch of cable, and uh, <laughs> so I'm, there's no money being made off these things. This is This is to help promote... Australian Survivor and, and the history, the history of this show. And, 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 and you know, we're encouraging people to, to, to go back and, and watch this season and, and, and realise that it actually was a, a pretty good season. It had some, some really good characters on it. And, um, yeah, any, any way that we can help promote, promote it and, and get people to watch it um, will do. And, and it's a bit of fun as well. I mean, who doesn't want an Aurora buff? I thought um, even Lincoln was commented on it saying that uh, it was pretty cool and amazing that um, all after all these years we've we've got an aurora buff we all know know that uh, there should have always been a buff and we now have one and it's very important as i said stay tuned to our social media pages and we will update when we have more details on how that will uh, all go down 
Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. That's the easiest way to stay in touch with us, of course. We do have an email address. We never promoted Australian Survivor Archives at hotmail.com, but generally a lot of people communicate with us on the social media channels. That's the easiest way to get there as well. And as always, the best way to get these episodes directly to your device, subscribe to us on whatever podcast server channel you use, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, we're all there, Google Podcasts. And as I always say, please go on there, leave us some feedback, give us a rating because it really does help us get wider coverage out there. And that may just sound like, hey, we just want to get the listeners. We want to promote that we made it number one. I mean, that's nice. Of course, it's nice. But we really do want this show to be heard by more people out there for nothing more that we are celebrating a part of history from Survivor, Australian Survivor in in particular, because, again, this is a show that, while many people want to pretend doesn't exist, particularly these older versions, that it's important to create this show to create a legacy of particularly season one and eventually when we get to season two. So, um, And on that note, too, we did have a comment during the week from somebody, uh, stop referring to it as season one and season two. I think if you're going to comment that to our uh, social media, that uh, you're probably not understanding the point of why we exist. So that's kind of why we uh, didn't feel the need to acknowledge that comment with a response and wait till the show to mention that. And just, again, we're kind of here for a reason. And if you have a problem with that, probably not best to follow our page and show. It's kind of in the title of our podcast. Yes, just, just it is. You know, it's like snakes on a plane. If you went into that going, oh, there's too many snakes, I'm afraid of it. Well, kind of in the title. So, (laughs) you know, uh, anyway. But uh, we do appreciate the support from everybody. Seriously, it's great. And it's great to be back in 2020. Uh, And, of course, we'll be back next week with our closer look at episode five. It is on YouTube, on the official Survivor YouTube channel, if you want to watch it in between. Uh, Generally, if you're in Australia, you probably might need a VPN to access it as we do know it's kind of country blocked um but by all means check it out otherwise tune in to listen to us and uh we learn a little bit more about the the famous five song with uh with deb we'll talk a little bit about that next week i feel uh spoke to deb during the week she sent me the link to it so um yep we 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 did a bit more research after the show so uh that's exciting and um yeah it's uh it's it's getting getting good i'm looking forward to uh chatting about uh episode five next week you mightn't think it gets any better than the david haas interview but i can guarantee you guys we're going to be trying our hardest to give you as much great content as we can we're going to keep smashing out these recaps getting interviews when we can everything whaler's way memorabilia photos coming in thick and fast so stay tuned and uh let's keep it rolling A big massive thanks once again to uh, David for his time and for you for listening to this entire episode, wherever you are listening to us on this great big blue and green planet of ours. Until next week, my name is Ben and I'm going to go put a lint ball in the fridge. My name's Matt Dyson and David will always be the King of Kadena. (laughs) 